Well, good morning, friends and family. It is Memorial Day weekend um, around our country, and this morning I, I want to draw attention to what's obvious going obviously going on in our world. Um, there are many of you who have served, men and women served in our military, many of you here. Um, you serve pu public service. There are many of you online that Calvary has been a part of your family and your journey with Christ. Um, there's a lot going on in our world. And I, I believe that this year in our Memorial Day, we as people, as citizens, um, more importantly as Christians, we are at an inflection point in our lives. Exodus chapter 20, verse 13, commandment number six, thou shalt not murder. And you take that principle, that one principle, and, and you know, in our world, we, we see division continue to grow, more and more division. You take that one principle, there are 10. God says, if you want to have a great society, here's 10 ways to do it, you know. <laughs> but there's one that begins the second half of how we treat one another, thou shalt not murder. And you can apply that across the board to a lot of different things, right? A lot of the conversations that are going on in our culture, um, thou shalt not murder. You look at what happened this last week in Uvalde, Texas, thou shalt not murder. And you know, one of the things that I think is really challenging for us as Christians is that um, over time in our culture, um, it's okay to say what you feel, what you believe, what you think in your church, but keep it out of the public sector. Well, I just submit to you, look at what's happening in our world because we've kept God's best out of our world. I grieve today um, as a parent, as a pastor, as a leader of a school here, as a part of this city and this community and our country. And I grieve today for what's happening in our world. And I, I hope that you do as well. Um, whether you're of a generation that was a builder generation or whether you're a part of the new generation and therefore you're going to affect what the world looks like in the years to come. Listen, Exodus 20, 13, commandment number six, thou shalt not murder. And when you take that one principle and you begin to put that to play in lives, well, the moment we forget to teach our children those things, then they're left to their own devices and evil just takes control. We have a lot of evil going on in our world and in our country right now. And so what do you do? What do you do? Well, I'd like for all of us to stand today. Normally on this Memorial Day, I would have all of our military families stand and um, we would remember those who have given the greatest sacrifice of their life to secure the freedoms that we enjoy. And normally I would acknowledge all of our military who knows someone who gave the greatest sacrifice to secure the freedoms that we enjoy. But I, I really believe that this year, um, the reality of what's going on in our world is that I know our service men and our service women didn't give their life and don't give their lives for the foolishness that we see happening today. We are at an inflection point in our country. And what can you do? The Bible says, if my people, my people, if my people will humble themselves and they will pray. And if they will confess their own sins. And if we will turn from our ways, then he, our God, will hear from heaven and he will heal our land. That's what the Bible says. So this morning, I, I wanna give us a moment to pray first personally. Um, and I, I'd ask that you pray, um, before we run and praying for others, I, I'd ask you to search your own heart because as believers, I think it's time that we begin to not become a silent minority but a very vocal group that cares about our country and cares about life, life, life. So I'd ask us to search our hearts this morning and then I want to guide us through a time of praying 
for not only the families that have lost perhaps the greatest gift of life other than salvation, their children, and praying for the families involved there in Uvalde, Texas. But I'd like for us to pray for our country this Memorial Day weekend. We you bow your heads and, and join me in a time of personal self-reflection? And as, as we are silent and as we search our hearts, our prayer needs to be, God, first and foremost, forgive me. Forgive me of the sins in my own heart, sins that are both public and sins that are also private, sins of hate, sins of bigotry, sins of bowing to a culture that is not your culture, bowing to a way that is not your way. God, genuinely forgive me and change my attitudes and my actions to honor you in my world today. God, as we pray this, we, we know that we need you in our own lives, in the lives of those around us that we love, in the lives of those that are suffering. God, we know that while there are many that will say prayer is not enough, we know that right now as we pray for the parents, the grandparents, the families, the community affected by the destruction in our own country this past season of life, not only with division, bias, but murder. God, we just ask, not only would you forgive us, but you would help those who are suffering. God, you would be with those who are in pain today, who experience a loss that is greater than any other loss. And they experience that loss because of evil. Forgive us for allowing evil to reign for too long. God, within us, your children, your church, raise up courageous Christians and leaders who will very simply say, you said thou shalt not murder. God, I pray that as you bring peace, you will also Allow us to be a part of transforming a generation of young people that matter, that matter not only for this country, but for this world. God, I want to pray for every parent in this room and online. God, I want to pray for their children, that you will protect their children, and that in this world you will raise their children up to not be consumed by the foolishness and evil of this culture, but you will raise them up to be very wise young men and women who lead for the good truth that you reveal through your word and your son. God, I pray over their children today. And as a church, help us, broken, feeble, frail, but yet strong in you. Help us to stand for your truth and to stand with those who grieve and to stand with those who are truly in pain in a way that only, Lord, we know how and you know how to do. Help us to do that. And today on this Memorial Day weekend, we seek your face. We need you and we pray to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. This morning, as, as I was writing the message in this Family of Faith series, um, I wrote this series out a while back, but I, I thought today's message was very appropriate. We're going to talk about sacrifice. Um, sacrifice. Because really, when you think about 
um, the good things that happen in life. When I think about um, our servicemen and women, their families, I, I understand that really what they do is they sacrifice. They, they sacrifice for a better cause. They sacrifice for a better way. They sacrifice um, not only their own lives, and many of you, you do know someone who has sacrificed um, their life for the cause of freedom, um, for the belief in this country, um, for the opportunity to have differences of opinion. They sacrifice, but they also sacrifice their own good. Usually, um, as I've learned and gotten to know many of our military families here, um, they're kind of like ministers. You know, they're here for a few years and then they're off to somewhere else. That's kind of usually how it goes. And, and in the course of that, um, they're not usually able to build deep roots, relationships. And so it's not only a sacrifice toward the cause, but it's a sacrifice in their own personal lives. Um, that's what they do. That's what our military men and women do. And on Memorial Day, of course, tomorrow, um, there's a day set aside to remember the sacrifice of freedom. But that word sacrifice, I think, is very important when you look at all that we're going through in our country. And, and I really do believe that as we look at this story today, as we continue to talk about what it means to be a part of a family of faith, to be a person in God's family that lives by faith. I, I believe it's very important for us to remember how important sacrifice is. Uh, if I had an observation, just an observation of our culture and our world, particularly in our country, um, I genuinely think that people have forgotten the value of what it means to sacrifice their own good for the good of someone else. Um, what you see today is a lot of hatred, a lot of anger, a lot of division, because now people are standing up for their own cause, belief system, brokenness, etc. And there is no unity or harmony, and therefore we continue to see tragedy after tragedy after tragedy. Um, and genuinely, I think it's because we've lost the value of sacrifice. What is sacrifice? What does sacrifice do? Well, today as we look at another story from the book of Genesis chapter 22, um, you're going to see a picture of sacrifice. This is one of those popular ones and also quite often misunderstood passages in Scripture because um, Abraham is going to sacrifice his son Isaac. Um, so when you read that story, many people read that story and go, gosh, hey, how... How could God ask or allow anything like this? What kind of God would do that? Well, we're going to answer that question today when we look at Scripture. But really, the issue um, quite often is really not with God. The issue is with us. It's not an issue of God being willing to sacrifice. It's an issue of people being willing to sacrifice. Um, our selfish nature, our, our bent toward evil, um, does not allow us to sacrifice our own good for the betterment or the good of someone else. That is the essence of sacrifice. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Um, I've said this before, I say this quite often when I think of the word sacrifice, but this is true and you will understand this if you've built anything in your life, achieved anything in your life, or desire to achieve anything in your life with the freedoms that God has granted you and the freedoms and opportunities that this country still allows you to have. Everything... Great begins with sacrifice. To achieve anything great in life, it requires sacrifice. But what is sacrifice? Sacrifice is giving your best self towards who or what you value more. So anything great that you want to achieve in life, it requires sacrifice to achieve that. But what is sacrifice? Sacrifice is giving of your best, your best self toward who or what you value more than your own self. So to give your best self, your best effort, your best attitude, um, your best care, your best love, your best answer, it means that you will value something or someone more than you value even yourself. Now, I, I believe that 
our military still reflects that value. Um, I believe that many Christians reflect that value because we understand the nature of sacrifice because of Jesus. But I do think that this is a value that in our culture by and large is diminishing and therefore we see a lot more of people belittling, betraying, destroying the lives of other people. We've forgotten what it means to sacrifice, to value someone or something more than we value ourselves. Abraham is a great picture of sacrifice and not just Abraham, so is his son Isaac. There is a value in the family of faith, of sacrifice that's important for your household to be successful. It's important for your church to be successful. It's important for your business or your education or your athletic or academic pursuits or any other extracurricular. Sacrifice means that you are willing to do something to achieve something better than what you already have or experience. And this value of sacrifice as reflected in Genesis chapter 22 is a very appropriate word today on this Sunday, this Memorial Day weekend. Also, as we pray and as we process how we as believers and Christians should act in our world today. The Bible says this. Now it came about, Genesis chapter 22 verse 1. That God tested Abraham. God tested Abraham. God tests his children. He gives us moments where he's going to see if the metal within us really matches who we say we are. He's going to give us moments that test our faith, our courage. So God tested Abraham. And he said to him, Abraham... And Abraham said, here I am. He said, the Lord said, now take your son. Let's be very clear which one. Your only son. The one whom you love, Isaac. And go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I will tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and he saddled his donkey and he took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and he split the wood for the burnt offering and he arose and he went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham raised his eyes and he saw the place from a distance. Abraham said to his young men, there are two of them, stay here with the donkey and I and the lad will go over there. Look at what Abraham says. We will worship and return to you. Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and he laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So the two of them, they walked on together. Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and he said, my father. And Abraham said, here I am, my son. And he said, behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Where's the sacrifice? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. So the two of them walked on together. Then they came to the place of which God had told him, and Abraham built an altar there, and he arranged the wood, and he bound his son Isaac, and he laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand, and he took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. The angel of the Lord said to him, do not stretch out your hand against the lad. Do nothing to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Then Abraham raised his eyes and he looked and behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and he took the ram and he offered him up for a burnt offering in the place, in the place, in the place of his son. Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it will be provided. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second, second time from heaven and said, 
By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this thing and you have not withheld your son, your only son. Indeed, I will greatly bless you and I will greatly multiply your seed as the stars of the heavens and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your seed shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Now this story, this passage happens um, in the cradle of early civilization, Mesopotamia. And in Mesopotamia, you know, this is where you begin to see the beginning of cities, worlds um, developing, people uh, beginning to learn how to read and write and all of this process that really, I mean, only relatively speaking in the history of civilization was only about 5,000 years ago. So this is where it's happening. And would you believe it that people back then, 5,000 years ago, believed that it was okay to sacrifice children? Would you believe that? At the beginning of civilized humanity, people actually believed that it was okay to sacrifice children. It was okay to murder children. That's what they believed. And so what happened as you read this story, to put it back in its historical context, there were religious deities, there were temples, there were people groups that believed that if you wanted to appease your God, whatever your personal God was, whatever your personal belief system was, the best way that you could be at peace with your God and the best way that you could have a good quality life and the best way that you would be protected by whatever God you believed in would be to murder a child. That was how they believed back then, 5,000 years ago. <laughs> Which, by the way, fast forward 5,000 years ago and you might see that we haven't made a whole lot of progress in civilized society. Now, why is this story important, by the way? Because when you look at Mesopotamia back then, and you have this gentleman in the Bible who we call as Christians the father of our faith. The story of Abraham, the father of the Hebrew, the Christian faith, to know who God was, this is a marker moment that helps People identify the difference between the God of the Bible that the followers of faith like Abraham would follow. This helps them identify the difference between that God and every other God. Because in this story, what Abraham is processing, what he's hearing, what he's being tested on is... Am I going to be like everyone else? And is the God of the Bible the same as every other God? Are they all the same? And do they all lead to the same place? And what you get out of this event that we read together in Genesis chapter 22 is an absolute emphatic no. The God of the Bible, the God of Abraham is entirely different, unique from any of the other gods of the world because the God of Abraham is about life and not death. The God of Abraham is about sacrificing to be able to provide for his people in a way that they should not and do not and cannot provide for themselves. This story, when you put it back in history, is a remarkable story. We read it today from our 21st century perspective, and it's weird to us. And I understand that. It's weird to us. But it's even more strange if you back up into that world today that, wait, there's a God that doesn't want you to murder your children? There's a God that will provide a sacrifice for you to have a blessed and good life, a good life. There's a God that's about life. There's a God that will protect you and guide you and speak to you and show up in the moment that you need him the most. That 
God really exists and he's personal and he cares and he shows up in the moments like this, that type of God exists? That was totally foreign to the culture of that day. And there's always been a struggle of of good versus evil. There's always been a spiritual battle, and it still goes on today, where as God reveals himself, there are also forces of darkness that are also at work in this world that people will follow and they will fall into that cause them to think whatever they may think about themselves, other people, other deities, other ways. And the way that you discern the truth, the difference, God of the Bible leads to life and anything else leads to death. And that's how you discern it. The God of the Bible shows up for Abraham in this story and he tests Abraham. He tests him. In our life, we have tests. And this is the first thing that I I think is important for us to learn about sacrifice. Number one, God uses sacrifice to bring out the best within us. God will use sacrifice to bring out the best within us. This whole test is to bring out the best of the faith of Abraham and Isaac, by the way. Isaac is not just a passive player in this story. Isaac, as you know, in the story of Abraham, Isaac is the one that was born to Abraham and Sarah, Sarah in her old age. Isaac is the one that God said to Abraham, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to multiply you as a nation. All of the people of the world will be blessed because of you. And it's going to begin through Isaac. Now, Abraham's old, Sarah's barren and beyond childbearing years. And yet God does a miracle. And here's Isaac. And Isaac grows up in the household of Abraham and Sarah. And he grows up in the household, I'm sure, knowing that he's the one that God promised to his parents and that the faith that they have and the God that they follow matters. So then comes this test. It's not just to Abraham. Isaac goes, wait a minute, what's happening here? Very perceptive young man, by the way. Hey, um, I see this. You got the wood. You got the knife, you have the fire, we're missing something. He's not just a passive participant. He's paying attention to what goes on. He's paying attention to the faith of his family. Abraham is a picture of someone who is willing to sacrifice his best self, his best dreams, his best efforts towards someone or something that he values the most. Who did he value the most? Was it the promise of Isaac or the promise giver of Isaac? Abraham valued the treasure of God more. Now, before you go, wow, that's just weird because, um, no, he should have valued his child more. I get that. Absolutely. Don't you think God knew what God was doing? (laughs) God just didn't show up in just a moment and go, whoa, 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 hey, I'm just kidding, Abraham. That's not what God was doing. God will test us in our lives to bring out what's really within us. And sacrifice, when you sacrifice, whether it's for your cause, your family, your job, um, your church, the Lord, it will bring out what's really within you. Sacrifice brings out the best. Some of you, um, you understand this. Your job has cost you a lot over the years, and yet the Lord has blessed you, and you've been promoted. You've worked through that. Some of you, physically, you achieve things physically that you haven't achieved before because you sacrificed to get there. Academically, many of you have sacrificed academically to get to a place where you can achieve something else. Sacrifice will bring out the best in you. Well, this moment of sacrifice brought out the best of the faith of Abraham and his son Isaac. It proved that the faith that they said that they had was real. It proved that the God that they said that they worshiped was real. It proved that the pathway that they were following in their world was not only different, it was better than the world around them. This moment, while we look at it, as strange and odd. It's a moment that brought out the best. It brought out the best in Abraham. It brought out the best in Isaac. 
And ultimately, God showed his best in this moment because he showed that he is a God who will show up when his people need him the most. You see, in this moment, as Abraham goes to the mountain, this story is very clearly, very clearly a picture of how God would respond for the rest of history toward you and I. How is this story relevant for you and I today? When we look at this story today and we think about sacrifice, how is it relevant? Well, look at all of the details. And I know that many of you, you're um, theologians, you've been in church a long time. um, But some of you may not have ever caught this. Um, There's a mountain. There's a sacrifice and two other people. God provides a lamb in this moment. Do you see the analogies that begin to play forward into your life? That's Jesus. This story also is a picture of exactly what God would do to sacrifice to save you and I. What God would do to sacrifice himself, his son, to be able to rescue rebellious people. To be able to rescue broken and sinful people. Sacrifice is all about being able to bring out the best in ourselves and someone else. And it's about giving of our best to who or what you value more. Ask yourself the question, how much does God value your life today as a Christian? Well, if you go back and you look at the story of Abraham and Isaac, God values life, right? But then if you fast forward to the analogy that we very clearly can see from Genesis chapter 22, that is an obvious foreshadowing of Christ, you see... That Jesus, riding a donkey to a destination, three days on a journey, looking up in a distance and seeing the destination, as an act of worship, going up on a hill to sacrifice, two other people being present, and in the moment when a sacrifice is needed, God providing the lamb for the sacrifice. That's how much God loves you. That's how much God values our life. And that's how much the character of God is willing to sacrifice for us. He would give his own son. So therefore, within us, there has to be this certain nature of what are we willing to sacrifice our best self and our best effort for on behalf of someone else or something else. Sacrifice is a part of achieving great things in life. And God uses moments of sacrifice to bring out the best within us. Are they hard? Yes. Do they test us? Yes. Are they challenging? Yes. But any test that you go through and it brings out your measure of knowledge or your measurability, it doesn't mean that you're an A, B, C, D, E, F student and you're a failure. It means that you see exactly where you are on the standard and the only place to go is up. I remember when George Shin owned the Pelicans, right, um, which were the Hornets. And he was not a very intelligent young man. Matter of fact, he did not do very well in school. And he came home from school one time and, and he told his mom, hey, mom, um, look, um, I failed this class and um, I'm not going to be able to move on to the next grade. I'm not the smartest kid. And his mom said, well, look, at least you provide the foundation for everybody else to build on, Right. And yet, what is he going to do? He goes on to become a very successful businessman, right? And he didn't do very well in school, but that standard allowed him to look up. Tests allow us to move up. It allows us to see where we are and to be able to know where we need to go. In this moment, Abraham's faith is tested. Did Abraham do well on the test of faith? Absolutely, he did. And that's what we see in this Because Abraham knew something that I think we need to know when it comes to sacrifice. That's the second thing. When it comes to sacrifice, God uses sacrifice to show us he will provide everything we need. God uses sacrifice to show us that he's going to provide everything we need. God is going to show up and he's going to do his part when we are willing to sacrifice and do our part. Let me say that again. God will show up and he will show us that he is going to do his part when we are willing to sacrifice and show him we're willing to do our part. God will always provide, but he meets sacrifice halfway. I think many people want all of the benefits of God, all of the 
blessings of God, but they don't want to follow his way. They don't want to believe that he's telling the truth, and they don't want to sacrifice anything personally to achieve something great. It never works that way. It won't work in your job. It won't work in your school. It won't work in your finances. It won't work in your family. It won't work in your future. Why do we think it would work that way with God? Why do we think it would work that way with our church? It doesn't work that way. Sacrifice is one of those things that allows us to be able to give our best self, our best effort towards who or what we believe in more than ourselves. And it allows us to see that God will provide everything when we take the step forward in faith. Abraham had to take the step forward in faith toward the Mount of Moriah. Now, naturally, Abraham in this story fits in his culture. But there's something about the story that quite often, I'll be honest, I have overlooked and perhaps you have overlooked because of the shocking nature of the story. Because what happens is a critic um, could take this story and go, see, the God of the Bible is just like all the other gods. What kind of God would do that? And, and people are usually looking for excuses to not sacrifice, to not trust, and to not take a step forward. Did Abraham do that? No. What do you see in the story? You see this in Abraham, and you see this in Isaac, and this is a great picture of a family of faith. What do you see them do? Here I am, Lord. What did you say to do? Okay, let's go. Here I am, Lord. Here I am, Isaac. Here I am in the moment. Here I am, angel of the Lord. What do you see Abraham do? You see him every step of the way trust God and make the sacrifice to do what he's been asked to do. And what do you see him do that with? Blind faith? No. You don't have this moment of blind faith. Some people will say, well, faith is just blind. It's just jumping out there when you don't know. That is not what this passage talks about. Abraham didn't have a blind faith. Why did he not have a blind faith? Because he had been walking with God. He already had a relationship with God. Matter of fact, the writer of Hebrews actually says that Abraham, even in this moment, trusted God because even if the act had occurred, Abraham believed that God was strong enough to resurrect Isaac from the dead. Again, another foreshadowing to the picture of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Abraham and Isaac in this moment. They walk forward in faith. They take the steps forward in faith because they know that their God is not a God like everyone else. Their God is a God who will provide everything they need. And therefore, when Isaac says to Abraham, look, I see all the stuff, but where's the sacrifice? Abraham says, God will provide the sacrifice. We read this in kind of a cowering kind of stance when we look at this scripture Normally, because we go, I don't understand it. This is weird. Um, who is God? That's not what's happening in this moment. What's happening with Abraham is not a cowering moment, but a confident moment. And most people miss out on the power of faith and the power of sacrifice because they approach it with what will I lose instead of what will I gain? They approach it with a sense of, oh, I'm afraid or this is weird instead of God, I trust you. And Abraham says, in the mount of the Lord, it will be provided. On the mount of Golgotha, was it provided for you? The mount of the Lord, it will be provided. God will provide everything that we need when we trust him and we take that step out in faith. That's what God uses sacrifice to show his children. It doesn't, doesn't only bring about things that are better. It shows us God is better. It shows us God is the reward. It shows us God will provide. And when we trust him, he is a God that does come through. That's the last thing that I'll say today as we close with Genesis chapter 22. And we think about sacrifice, the value of life, the people that we are around, what we give our best selves to and our best efforts for. God uses sacrifice to remind us of what matters the most. Sacrifice. God will use sacrifice to remind us of what matters the most. Now, in this story, there is a very 
true reality that is present even today for many of you. Your children matter to you more than anything else. Many of you, you grieve and you can relate to families in Texas right now because the gift of their children matters more than anything else. What wouldn't you do to give your child life? What wouldn't you do to be able to offer the person that you love a better opportunity than what they have before them now? You would move heaven and earth to do that if you could. You would move heaven and earth to be able to help someone that you love. You would give up yourself, your best effort, your best resource, your best thinking and ability. You would sacrifice that for someone that you truly love and value more than yourself. Parents, I know that's you. Grandparents, I know that's you. The reality is that that's what happens for many of us in our families. Sacrifice reminds us of what's important. And there are families in Texas right now that would do anything to take time back. There are people in Texas right now that would do anything to make a different decision than the decision that they made. There's moments in life, just like this story that we read with Abraham, that, prevent, that present to us tests, crises, challenges of our faith. But sacrifice, not only being willing to sacrifice our best self for someone else, but ourselves to be able to know God you will provide, to be able to know that it's going to bring about a better result. Sacrifice ultimately allows us to be able to say, what matters the most to me? And what mattered the most to Abraham in this moment was not Isaac. Whoa, now this is where it gets weird, right? What mattered most to Abraham in this moment was his relationship with God because he knew that his God was different than all the other gods of this world and that his God was the God that would take care of Isaac. Why? Because his God promised. God promised, Abraham, it's Isaac. It's the one, he's the one in whom all the families of the earth will hear about faith, learn about faith, and be blessed. It's Isaac, it's through him that all the people of the world will understand that the God of the Bible is a different God than all the other gods of the world. It's through Isaac. So what did Abraham know in this moment? If God promised, God would provide the sacrifice. If God said so, God would not break his promise. If God was one who had asked him along this journey to go through this test, then it was God who was going to deliver no matter how far Abraham was willing to go to show God that he trusted him. He knew God will come through. It's very important for us today, not only as parents, grandparents, but as people. Do you trust God enough to know that he's a God that's going to come through? Does he matter more than anything else? Does he matter more than your job? reputation, your opportunities, your resources. When you trust God with all of those things and you are willing to trust him and sacrifice along your journey of trusting him and walking with him through the midst, guess what God does? He protects better than you can protect. He provides more than you can provide. And he blesses the people that you love the most, that matter the most, and he blesses them. And that blessing continues to carry on generation after generation after generation. The story of Abraham and Isaac right here in Genesis chapter 22. You sit in a church today because the God of Abraham and Isaac is different than the gods of this world. He is a God of life. He is a God that honors the sacrifice of his people who trust him more than anything else. And who show that their trust matters more than anything else by exercising it in a way that will bless those that they love the most. Isaac was blessed by his father Abraham because Abraham was blessed by God. Isaac began to be a blessing because he learned from his family of faith that sacrifice mattered. And so Isaac would learn that and carry that on. And of course, we've talked about Jacob and Esau, and we will talk about others. But this morning, 
when I think about sacrifice. I do know that everything great begins with sacrifice. And it's giving your best self towards who or what you value the most. But ultimately, as I look at this passage, I see sacrifice reminds me more than anything else that I must value my relationship with God in such a way that it causes me to act on the faith that I claim to have. And that faith is a life-giving faith. Today, as we read and finish this passage and as we look at the story of Abraham and Isaac, my question to you, believer, Christian, to myself even, what do I value more than God and His way? What do I value more than the truth of God's Word? If I value this world more, then I'm only going to get what this world can give. But if I value the Lord more and I trust Him and I walk with Him, then His way is different than the way of the world. His way is better than the way of the world. His way gives life in a world that gives death. His way is a way that allows me to show the God of the Bible, the God of the New Testament, the God of my heart is different than any other way in this world. And he stands out because I'm a part of a generation and a family of faith that values a God who will provide the sacrifice, who will meet me in the moments of my need. Listen, as we pray this weekend, not only for our service men and women and our families, but for the families of those who have lost their treasures, their children in Texas. As we pray for our country over this weekend, I pray that this word sacrifice will motivate you not just in your job, in your school, in your opportunities and the things that you love. But I pray that it will motivate you in your faith. That it will motivate you in your relationship with God. That God, you're the God who provides for the sacrifice. And, and specifically in my life, you provided Jesus. So God, I don't want to take that sacrifice lightly. I want to honor your provision of the lamb in my life. And God, not only do I want to honor that, God, I want to be a part of a generation that changes the narrative, that at least reflects that when my culture believes, hey, it's okay to sacrifice life to be able to be a part of the way that the world does it. No, I want to be a part of a narrative that says, no, God, the one true God, is different. And he's a God that gives life. Can we pray together? Father, this morning, as a church, we want to thank you that you are a God who intervenes in our details of life personally. And you are a God who gives life. You have given to many of us in this room and online the life of Jesus Christ. And right now we are so humbled and thankful for that. God, there may be those who have yet to trust in your sacrifice, your son Jesus, as their Savior. And I pray that by your Holy Spirit right now, You'll speak to their hearts. And they'll understand that you are a God who provided a sacrifice so that they don't have to. You're a God who provided the lamb to save their souls. Father, sacrifice begins with you. But I, I pray that even now you will teach us the power of sacrifice. Not only entrusting you with our lives, but giving of our best selves and our best efforts toward you toward those we love, and toward the things that matter the most. And God, even this weekend, as we pray, as we thank you for freedom, as we thank you for those who serve and have served for it, we also pray for your peace and help for those who grieve. And allow your church, your children, saved by sacrifice to lead the way and point the way to life. We thank you, God, that even on this day, in this family of faith, we are reminded you're a God who provides the sacrifice. And it is in that sacrifice, his name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen.
Thank you for not only taking time to pray today, and I want to encourage you, please do that over the next course of um, this weekend because I, I get it. There are many people who will um, be posting flags and pictures and things, patriotic American, eating food and all that. Um, I just want to ask you continue to pray for our servicemen and women, our country, and for those who are grieving. Um, and I just ask you to pray that God will help this country navigate its way out of this mess. Um, it's going to take a work of God to do that. So I just want to ask you as a church to pray that. That's our job. That's our role as Christians. And so I want to ask you to do that. I want to thank you um, today for giving because I want to tell you why your giving matters. Um, outside, you saw a really awesome picture of what Vacation Bible School is going to be about, right? And when we give of our tithes and offerings, it opens up ministry opportunities to bless the life of children. And that's what we do here at Calvary. We bless the life of children through our school, through our preschool, through our children's ministry, where Vacation Bible School will be happening in just another week, right? And through our student ministry who helps our teenagers grow in their relationship with the Lord. That's a part of our offerings, our ties. Thank you for doing that. Continue to do that. And I want to encourage you, make sure that you sign your kids up for Vacation Bible School and you get them plugged in because that's where they're going to learn about life. That's where they're going to learn about the character of God. That's where they're going to learn about the truth of who God is in our world today. So Vacation Bible School is a big deal this year. Perhaps you want to serve. Um, you have some time. And you want to invest the truth of God's word into the life of a child that will not only bring about an eternal difference, but will help them be a difference maker in our world today. Listen, Vacation Bible School is the opportunity for you to serve. And so I'm grateful for that, and I, I hope that you will not only be a part of things like that through not only your giving, but your service, but also you will continue to connect back into church and commit yourself to being the kind of person that models the faith of Christ who sacrificed himself for you and who lives that out in your world today.